Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Crux True Survival Stories as hosted by Tessa King and her amazing sister, Casey McIntosh. Amazing is right, Tessa. Yeah, don't forget it. Don't you forget it. Today we'll be talking about Violet Jessup, who was a young woman responsible for providing for her family at a very young age. She pursued work as a stewardess for White Star Lines and experienced not one, not two, but three separate shipwrecks in her career. What? Get out of town. I know. It sounds fake, right? She probably shouldn't be in any boats. I'm surprised she kept going on boats. Wow. So, Violet, she was the oldest of nine children. What? Yeah. Her father died when she was just 16, which left Violet a large portion of the responsibility to help raise her siblings. Uh, and her mother helped provide for the family working as a stewardess on cruise ships. Unfortunately, Violet's mother grew ill several years after the passing of her father and was soon unable to provide for the family. So Violet assumed the whole responsibility for providing for the family. That's crazy. What year was this? Like, what what time frame is the story taking place in? Early 1900s. Oh, so that's got to be a rough time period to be taking care of your eight siblings and mother. Well, especially as a woman, because there probably weren't very many career options for young ladies. I'm sure it was primarily the responsibility of the male (laughs) yeah that'd be a real rough start to adulthood right there right so violet at 16 was looking for a career and she kind of followed in her mom's footsteps and pursued a career as a stewardess of the royal a stewardess of the royal male line it was unusual for women this young to have jobs as a stewardess in this time period they were considered too distracting for passengers on cruise lines. They're too pretty. Like, oh, don't please. look at them. You want an old matronly lady. So they blend into the background. Wow. So in order to be taken more seriously for work, Violet wore more matronly clothing and would never wear makeup. So she seemed like she was older, mm-hmm. which is something that women don't typically do. That's interesting. Her first job as a stewardess was with the Royal Mail Line in 1908, and this is when she was 21 years old. And she worked that job for two years without any incidents. In 1910, Violet began working for the White Star Line's cruise... In 1910, Violet began working for the White Star Line's boat, the Olympic. And White Star Line was the big name in cruise ships back in the day. It was high-end. So where were these cruise ships going, like to the Caribbean? Is this from, where are they departing from? Well, it depends on the boat. So this boat, the Olympic, would sail across the Atlantic to the United States. She made two pounds a month, which is roughly 200 pounds or $244 a month. Wow. So that's not really that much for supporting your whole family. The Olympic was the most luxurious vessel of its time and focused on comfort, not speed. 
At the time, it was the largest of all existing passenger ships. What were her job duties? Oops, sorry. What were her job duties? What kind of things did she do? She just made sure that everybody had what they needed? Well, I'm not really sure what a stewardess, their job would entail, but I'm sure it is more or less like a stewardess on an airline. Yeah. Like, are you happy? Do you have your baggage? Do you... Yeah, attend to the needs. I don't know if the stewardess would clean the rooms in a cruise ship like this. That would be the only thing I would be interested in. If they have separate maids or if that's an all-in-one title. Gosh, that had to be a crazy experience. So in 1911, Violet was working on the deck of the Olympic at night when a British military ship, the Hawk, came into view. The Hawk should have made its way around the Olympic, but instead collided with it as the captain... Sorry, I'll say that again. The Hawk should have made its way around the Olympic, but instead collided with it as the captain of the Olympic desperately tried to avoid the crash. And remember, the Olympic's slow, so it didn't really have the maneuverability to get out of the way. Oh my gosh, that's got to be a terror. It's kind of like, it reminds me of the Titanic where, okay, there's the iceberg. There it is. It's getting closer. Ah. Crash. (laughs) The ship sustained a large hole on the starboard side. Luckily, the boat was not far from land at that time and was able to get back to shore without any harm coming to any of the passengers from either vessel. So I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but how how many people were riding on this boat? I'm sure I could have Googled it, but I did not look into it. Do you want me to check right now? <laughs> um, sure. I mean, why not? Yeah, just a quick Google search and you can edit out the time it takes me to find out. <laughs> it's going to be like 30 seconds. loud typing it's okay who cares it's all good okay it could carry more than 2300 passengers wow yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot of people no wonder it was so slow no kidding now let me get back to the story. Let me pull this document up. So in the interim, while Violet was waiting in for a new job, a new ship was being built for the White Star Line. It was said to be the Titan of the Sea, an unsinkable ship. What do you think it is, Casey? The Titanic. <laughs> you guessed it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Titanic. Get out of town. Which is... Kind of funny, because you just mentioned it. Violet was really enjoying her time working for the Olympic, and even after the accident, she was more interested in pursuing more work on the Olympic. But her fellow stewardesses and friends strongly encouraged her to apply for a new job on the Titanic. It seemed like an incredible and exciting opportunity with better working conditions, and it also provided nicer accommodations to the staff on board. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so she is supporting her family of nine, which includes her mother. And just consider the conditions she must have been living in at home. Probably they were not very cush. And so working on a luxury cruise, probably pretty nice. Yeah. Plus food. Plus food. But 
realistically, if she had just kept on with the Olympics, she would have been fine and she wouldn't have been on another sinking ship yet. (laughs) Yeah, the Titanic is not the sinking ship that you want to be on, obviously. Yep, and it sunk on its maiden voyage on April 14th, 1912, after its fatal crash into an iceberg, as we all know, I hope. (laughs) I hope so. If not, just watch the movie, The Titanic. Yeah, very accurate. Leo DiCaprio. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest that that's the most accurate part of the whole ship uh, crashing into the iceberg and sinking into the ocean is the whole love story that went on in that movie. Very, just so realistic. Right. I hear that people did escape on doors from the Titanic. Hmm. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even know. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay, Tessa. If you say so. Violet was in her cabin when the ship struck the iceberg. When this happened, most of the passengers on the ship were calm. It was an unsinkable ship. Right. (laughs) However, she was ushered out of her sleeping quarters and pulled up onto the icy deck, where she was then loaded on a lifeboat and was handed a baby. What? (laughs) Yeah. Pull this baby. The boat's going down. Yep. Most of the women were nervous about getting into lifeboats, but after watching the stewardess get in and seeing that it was safe... Other people followed. Okay. I don't know. I think that they were concerned about the amount of weight the boats could hold. And anyway. So the biggest thing with the Titanic was they didn't have enough... Lifeboats. Lifeboats. Yep. So these guys waited eight hours in lifeboats until another boat, the Carpathia, came to the rescue. Can you imagine that? Because you're seeing people actively drowning all around you, I'm sure. Yes. That had to be so traumatic. Yep, and more on that in a moment. After all of the survivors were safely loaded onto the Carpathia, a woman suddenly rushed on board and took the baby from Violet's arms. And at the moment, Violet just thought that must have been the baby's mother, but later she would reflect on it being an odd moment. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, just after sitting on the water for eight hours and seeing this happen, I think that she was so in shock that she didn't really have time to process what was going on until after this had gone down. Well, and sitting on a lifeboat with an an infant for eight hours must be sheer terror. Right. I can imagine it would be horrible. That baby's probably hungry, has a wet diaper. It would be It's cold. That sounds like a nightmare. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people died on the Titanic? I honestly do not know. It was 1,503. Wow. That's a lot of people. It, it is a lot of people. There were 700... Oh, sorry. Did I read this wrong? Yeah. 1,503 people lost their lives on the Titanic. And there were 706 survivors. So over half of the people died who were on board. The ship only had 20 lifeboats and could only hold about half of the people on the boat. Well, and also, did they actually fill all of the lifeboats to capacity? They did not. I was just going to say that. Only 18 lifeboats were used before they, you know, couldn't load them anymore. And many of these were only partially full, mostly because they prioritized women and children. And then people were also concerned about People were also concerned about the lifeboats bearing weight. Most lifeboats did not return to the wreckage of the boat for fear of being swamped with desperate swimmers. 
Oh gosh, that had, oh, that would be horrible. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. So they just heard people dying and did not go back. That is terrible. And only two boats returned to attempt further rescue. Wow. You would probably be thinking about that moment for the rest of of your life and wondering what you should have been doing. Yeah, what the right way to act would be. Right. I guess if you're on the boat with your children, you're not going to question it. You're thinking, I have to get my kids to safety. Yeah. At all costs. It doesn't matter. Well, and they probably should have had protocols for this anyway. Just loading people up. I understand that they were trying to get women and children first, but they could have saved double the amount of people had they just like on, on, on. (laughs) Well, the the other thing I was just thinking about is that they should have tested the lifeboats out before they put them on the Titanic. So they could be certain about the weight bearing capacity. Exactly. After the Titanic, Violet got a job as a nurse for the British Red Cross. And I just had to know. So I looked up what it took to be a nurse in the early 1900s. Nursing degrees first were established in 1919, so she just got ahead of that. (laughs) So she just basically got on-the-job training to be a nurse? Yeah, exactly. But it kind of makes sense in terms of the war effort. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they just, like, whoever can help, let's get it going. Well, honestly, I feel like you have to learn on the job for any job that you're doing, and that's where the majority of your learning happens. We just go through all these hoops so we can get the degree to be legit. Yeah, sure. And I guess if there's a true need, they're like, screw it. (laughs) We need you. They're like, we just need a body to hold a leg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Just hold the squirting bloody leg, please. Yeah. (laughs) So Violet as a nurse was posted on another boat that belonged to the White Star Line. Doesn't really have a good rap anymore because we already know it's going down. This boat is the HMHS Britannic. It was a much safer boat than the Titanic, with lifeboats that would seat up to 3,600 people, which was more than the max capacity of the Britannica itself. The Britannica had been outfitted as a hospital boat to tend to wounded soldiers. The Britannica had been outfitted as a hospital boat to tend to wounded soldiers and bring them back home. Oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say... That is not the boat that you want to go down, is a boat full of wounded soldiers yeah, that survived. are not able-bodied. Yeah, not mobile. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Yeah. The Britannica had a tragic accident that caused it to sink in the Aegean Sea. It is unknown whether they ran into an underwater mine or if they were hit by a torpedo. They still don't know. Wow. Most of the passengers and crew survived, but the boat sunk really fast. It was underwater within an hour. That's really fast for a boat like that. Yeah. And so large. And anyway, Violet was on a lifeboat that was being sucked back into the sea by the force of the sinking boat. (gasps) The propellers of the boat were still going full force while it was sinking, which is what was causing the boat to be pulled back towards the ship. So she actually had to jump from her lifeboat to swim and in the effort she hit her head on the hull of the britannica what she was able to swim to safety despite this and get to another lifeboat 
Did you hear anything about all of the other people that were on her lifeboat? Because probably most of those people couldn't swim. I don't think there were very many people on her lifeboat from what I was seeing initially, but that is a great point. And luckily they had way more lifeboats than they had people. So hopefully they didn't have very many people meet that same fate of being sucked back into the sinking ship. That sounds like a terrifying experience. Yeah, I'm so surprised she kept getting on boats. <laughs> You're not meant for the water, yeah. Violet. Yeah, how many times does it take? Get a land job. <laughs> a land job. It's a thing. I have one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because she hit her head on the boat, she she suffered a head injury that would cause headaches for years to come. After continual pain, she sought help from a doctor who confirmed that she had actually fractured her skull in the accident. Mm. She so. must have hit that thing hard. Yeah. I can't believe she hit the boat and didn't go down with it. Oh, and not That's shocking. Die. Because I think it does create a suction. Yeah. Yeah. The incident of the Britannica was the third sinking ship that Violet Jessup had been in in a five-year time period. What? Five years. Okay, did you find any statistics about what what was the rate of sinking boats in that time frame? Like was this a common occurrence? Because you know, you learn about those World War II fighter jets and how many of them went down just stateside, not even involved in battles. And so I was just wondering if it's partly engineering. Although these kind of seem like freak accidents. Right. The first one was just like air on route is <laughs> two boats colliding the second one i mean the titanic just wasn't prepared so we'll, True. we'll give you that one True. this one they're like maybe we're hit by the enemy but maybe there's a landmine in the ocean mm-hmm. which is not really the fault of the construction of the, of boat. the boat right but anyway if uh listeners if you know please send us an email yeah we're curious the crux survival at gmail.com here i have it right here written mm-hmm. down I have all of the things written down. Yeah, sure. Say it for the people in the back. Okay. So the email is thecruxsurvival at gmail.com, as you so well pointed out a minute ago. Or maybe 15 seconds ago. You were right. Great. After all this time, you still remember our email address. (laughs) Well, if you know about boat safety in the early 1900s, please send us an email. We'll give you a shout out. Do you know what Violet Jessup went on to do with the rest of her life? In fact, I do. And I was just going to touch base on it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So after the series of singing ships, she maintained the same career path and worked as a stewardess for an additional 40 years. What? Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. She never had any kids. She was married briefly, but then divorced. And she eventually retired to a cottage in the English countryside. And she lived to the ripe age of 83. And in fact, she lived past all of her younger siblings. Wow. The reason she didn't have any kids was because her siblings were essentially her children. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure you're right. Actually, she got a call years later from somebody claiming to be the baby that she had on the Titanic. Get out of town. Yep, and it was a call to her house. She didn't have a long conversation. This person just hung up on her. So people told her that it was a prank call, 
But she said that she had never told anybody that somebody handed her a baby on the Titanic. Well, how would the baby know that she was the one that that held onto? That's them? a great question. <laughs> Still weird. <laughs> yeah. Do you have the sense that the baby was taken by someone who wasn't their parent? Yeah. How would you know? I hope it was their parent. Why would somebody just grab a random baby off of a boat? Yeah, I don't know. But you said something about her having a weird feeling about it, so that's why I was wondering. Yeah, yeah you'd be thinking like, oh my gosh, my baby, thank God. Oh, I cannot e- even imagine. I swear, having kids has changed my whole perspective on so many things um, because there are all these stories about women having to give their babies up or their small children when they are refugees, mm-hmm. just handing them, you know, like, I can't, I can't leave the country for whatever reason, take my baby. Right. And there's no way that you know that you can ever find your child again, ever, you know? Yeah, so, horrifying. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah, well, that is the full story of Violet Jessup. Well, that's a really interesting story. Yeah. It sounds like she was a, a pretty independent woman for those times. Truly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's also just interesting to look up all these Titanic details because everybody knows about the Titanic, but I suppose not in great detail i would love to go to one of the exhibits i went to one in michigan michigan yeah it was at the henry ford museum in michigan Mm -hmm. and it was interesting but it wasn't actually as mind-blowing as i thought they did have some cool artifacts from the ship yeah but um i guess i did have a three-month-old baby with me when i went so maybe i was distracted did you have one where they gave you a character and you find out whether you lived or died at the end no Mm -mm. see i would love to do that (laughs) (laughs) it makes you more invested in the fate of your person right yeah true if i got violet jessup i would know what happened (laughs) you just can't be a man what i wonder about this is that's true of real life now this is the one time in most of history that you don't want to be the male gender yeah well and the me too movement which i'm gonna totally cut that out of here (laughs) um one thing um i was wondering about did you find out in your research of the Titanic whether or not men of power were more likely to get on the boat oh, after I women think so. and children? Actually, and this was not my main source just for the listeners, but the Wikipedia page breaks down who was in each lifeboat, which I thought was interesting. Like what their class was? Yeah, what their class was, what they did. If they had information on the person, it was listed for not every lifeboat will tell you exactly who was in it. Uh, I'm sure if you did more deep dive, you could find it. But it is interesting that they're like, Lifeboat 1 has this person, this person, and this person. How would they even come up with that information after the fact? I would imagine it was so chaotic. And who are you reporting these details to when you get off? Like, there's a reporter that's standing there at the shore (laughs) scribbling all of this information down? Yeah. Although I suppose if they interviewed survivors, they'd be like, here's who was in my boat. I got in the third boat that went out, and there's only 20 boats. Still, that's pretty impressive that that information was retained. Yeah. I think it would be it is unlikely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, that concludes the story of Violet Jessup. And... Thanks for hanging in with us and listening to another episode of the Crux True Survival Stories. And please, um, and thank you, share with a friend if you think about it. Yeah, heck yeah. And give a review, too, if you also think about that. Only if you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine too. Just tell us what to do better. Yeah. Any suggestions are fine as well. And you can send them to thecruxsurvival at gmail.com. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah, stay alive. Don't get on any boats.
ever make sure you have a life jacket and a land job (laughs) (laughs) most importantly have a land job if you take anything away from this episode have a land job (laughs) all right well have a good one you guys goodbye bye-bye